Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. And now it's GEICO's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. What, am I the leader? <laughs> because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, Where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, GEICO could save you 15% or more. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Another addition to the ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Brian Stratton College of Syracuse, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, and Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Log on to StanleyLawOffices.com. And don't forget, in partnership with Music for the Mission, they are fighting uh, the, 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 the current state with people homeless and hungry. Please donate today. Go find Music for the Mission all over social media. Just $1 provides one meal for the homeless and hungry in central New York. Please go do that. Music for the Mission, of course, on Facebook, Instagram, and a proud partner of the ML Sports Platter. No one killing it more than this guy in the media industry right now. Uh, Super, super happy to bring him on to the program. Ryan Talbot from New York Upstate. He covers the Buffalo Bills. He's on Twitter, at Ryan Talbot Bills. He is the co-host as well of the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast with Matt Perino. They just do an unbelievable job. Go get that all over the place, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, they have just blown up like crazy. Billboards all over the place. Numbers are crazy in the, in the thousands on YouTube uh, for their live shows. And uh, Ryan Talbot now joins us to talk some Bills. And we're going to kind of weave this in, Ryan, uh, and talk a little uh, NFL as well. How are you? No doubt about it. Uh, Want to obviously highlight a lot of the Bill stuff and, and kind of weave it into the NFL. Um, at, at, at first glance this year, what did you think about the Bills after their loss against the Steelers? And now that they've kind of been up and they've been down, they've had the bye week. Where are we at now? Is that glance still the same as we look at the back half of this of this season, Ryan? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think going into the season, they were viewed as one of the top, if not the top team in the AFC. I think right now you can make the case that they are the top team uh, in the AFC. So, you know, week one was a letdown loss to the Steelers. There's no denying that, no, no other way to go about it. Uh, but the Steelers, to their credit, were, were able to get a lot of – uh, we're, we're able to get after Josh Allen with their their front, so to speak, and uh, that caused chaos. The defense played fine. There's a block punt, a lot of little things here and there. And then they, they go on and they win the games they're supposed to win, and they do it in convincing fashion. They lose to the Titans uh, in, in prime time. And, and as unfortunate as that loss was, I think nine times out of ten the Bills win that game. Josh Allen uh, was 13 out of 14 going into that matchup when it comes to converting those fourth and one he slipped the offensive line was pushed back it was just a a bad case all around so now you look at the AFC you still have the Titans at the top uh, but they just lost Derrick Henry most likely for the year so that's going to make them very one-dimensional it doesn't matter if they have Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols it doesn't matter who's back there it's not Derrick Henry at the end of the day yeah, the Ravens, who I, I still think they'll be Buffalo's maybe main competition for that one seed, uh, but they've had their ups and downs. The, the Chiefs, I think they caught a break. Now I'm going to face Aaron Rodgers this week, but I think they're more likely to be a wild card team, uh, despite the fact that that division, I think, is still there for the taking. I'm not sure I buy into the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers had a pretty big letdown loss this past week against the Patriots, so it, you know, it's a, it's a weird conference. Um, you look, like I said, at the North with the Ravens division. Uh, the Browns are one of those Super Bowl favorites, and right now they're last in the division with the Bengals playing so well, with the Steelers still uh, hanging around. So AFC is wide open. But I really do like Buffalo's odds to be the number one seed at the end of the year. What do you think of this game against the Jaguars? I, you know, it's funny, Ryan. I. I don't think the Bills have played an A game yet. I mean, I think they played probably about a B-plus against KC, maybe an A-minus against Tennessee, and I say that because they didn't win the game. You know, you, you, it's hard to it's hard to say, well, they played A game, but you didn't win, right? And so I, I still think there's there's something there for Buffalo to go out and, and, and shellac a lot of teams. Is this the week they do it against the Jags, and do you feel on a backup to that that they haven't played a true A game where all things are rolling? Yeah, that's a fair question to ask. You know, going back and looking at some of the wins that they had, um, the thirty-five nothing win over the Dolphins, the offense still struggled in that game. So I, I agree that that wasn't necessarily the, their best effort. Um, I think that game against the Texans might have been an A game. That was a forty to nothing shellacking all the way across the board. So that one was a pretty convincing one. Uh, you're right, the Chiefs game isn't as impressive anymore, but they, they were doing really well on offense. They they held the Chiefs in check. I, I, you can make the case for that one being their A, a game, but you, you look at this game against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's been in a few games this year, but they, they've also been blown out a few times. Uh, they're coming off a real ugly game. Uh, I think this is a game where Buffalo should be able to establish their, their dominance and, and be able to control it on both sides of the ball. Trevor Lawrence has flashed at times. There's a reason he was the number one overall pick in this draft class, but they're still lacking a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how they try to attack Buffalo's defense. Um, I, I know that they're back. Uh, Robinson's going to be um, 
but he, he's a little banged up right now, so that's going to be interesting to see if he even plays. So I, I think there's a chance for this to be the A-plus game. The Jets game on the horizon could be that A-plus game, uh, whether it's Mike White or Zach Wilson. I know White had a really good game. He won AFC Player of the Week. Uh, and he'll be on TV again tonight, in fact, against the Colts. It'll be interesting to see if he can pick up on that and if there is an actual QB controversy there. But uh, I, I think the Bills have some opportunities on the horizon to show that uh, they can be dominant in all three phases of the game. You know, fans always do this where you don't look great and, and well, it's ugly, I'm concerned. Look, this isn't college football. You know, you... You don't, you don't play and you don't need style points all the time. Uh, the Bills beat the Dolphins. That's the bottom line. They reacted to certain things. They got better as the game went on. Um, and we saw the Jets, you know, beat the Bengals. We saw, and you said it to Matt in the podcast. I mean, I thought it was spot on. You know, the Bengals go down to the Jets. The Patriots beat the Chargers. All these, all these teams that were kind of anointed uh, in this week-to-week league that we're in, they were kind of annoyed at the new kings in town, and then they get the door slammed on them, Ryan. I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I think you have to almost, if you're a good team, you almost have to add that to the resume, don't you? I mean, in order to say that you're a, a very good to great to eventual elite team in this league, you, you have to also win ugly. Isn't that a part of this? Oh, 100% it's a part of it. You know, you, you have to win ugly, you have to win those tough games, and winning those those games where you have to kind of grind it out, I think that prepares you uh, better for the playoffs in these 40 to nothing, 35 nothing type games because it could come down to the final five minutes of the game. How do you react on offense and on defense? And if you look at the Bills-Dolphins score, the, the 26-11, it, I wouldn't say it seems like a convincing win, but it, it seems like the Bills kind of, put the Dolphins away, and, and that wasn't necessarily the case. The Dolphins were within six, uh, and then the Bills marched down the field, kicked a field goal to make it a two-possession game, get an interception, and scored again late to put it away. They did what a good team should do. So you, you're right. Those, there were a lot of teams last week, those Super Bowl favorites, that went places and were in tough games, and they, they lost. You look at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were going against the Saints. Now, the Saints' defense have played Tom Brady pretty well early on in his tenure here with the Buccaneers. They swept him in the regular season last year and obviously lost in the playoffs to him. Uh, and they beat him again. But it was Trevor Simeon at quarterback for most of that game, and you would think that that's a game that the Buccaneers should have won, but they didn't. So, yeah, you're going to have those types of games, whether it's when the Bills face off against the Patriots or the Colts. Maybe the Jets give them a game. They, they've seen them a few times. It's a division game. Uh, those games can get ugly at times. The Bills won one of those games, eighteen to nothing last year. Ours uh, is all field goals, so the, you know the, the Jets have played them tough in the past. So you, those are the games that you have to win to show that when it comes time in the playoffs, kind of grind out a tough game, you can do it. No doubt about that. Ryan Talbot uh, with us here on the ML Sports Platter. A couple more for the terrific Buffalo Bills insider and writer for New York Upstate and co-host of the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast with Matt Perino. He's on Twitter, at Ryan Talbot Bills. What, what do you make of um, uh, the, the, the overall, I guess, now that we've gotten into what teams did last week, the upsets, the craziness, now the 500, all of a sudden Patriots, right? How would you, how would you power rank, so to speak, the, the, the AFC then after, I guess, Buffalo being the front runner? Um, I know you mentioned you know some different things about who has arrived, who hasn't, pretender, contender. But if you had to mark it right now, 
for how they would finish in the end. What are kind of your top few teams after after Buffalo? How does it how does the depth chart look in terms of power rankings there in the AFC for you, Ryan? Yeah, you, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Ravens end up right there near the top of the AFC. So I have them maybe as that two seed uh, in the conference. You you look out, <clears throat> excuse me. You look out in the West, and I'm not sure any of those teams will. Um, Who's going to be at the top? But I wouldn't be shocked if a team from the West claims the three. Just because right now the Titans have a big lead in their division. But at the same time, I want to see how this goes without Derrick Henry. I would not be surprised if they fall back to earth significantly. And if the Colts can kind of get their act together, those two teams by the end of the year could be competing for that division. That's how... uh, how much I could see the Titans falling off because of not having Derrick Henry in that lineup. I, I really think it means some one-dimensional on offense. I think their defense is still a mess. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with whatever team wins the West is the three, and then the South winner is the four. Uh, obviously, you have to account for some wild card teams. It's going to be interesting. I think you're going to get at least one team out of the West. Um, whether it's the Raiders or the, the Chiefs or the Chargers, like I said, I, I think that at the end of the year, all three of those teams could be in the mix. Uh, but the Patriots are going to be there. It's up to the Patriots to kind of uh, continue doing what they're doing and win ugly, grind out games. Mm-hmm. They have a very good defense. Uh, a lot of those players, first and foremost, had opted out last year. You, uh, Bill Belichick gets a lot of them back. They go out and by far, their best signing, even if you, you throw in draft picks as well, because Mac Jones has been a fine quarterback for them. But if you look at all the moves that they have made, Matthew Judon, no, no move has been better than that. He has been an impact player for them. He's been a difference maker for them on defense. So as long as he keeps playing at that level, they're going to be hanging around. You know, you look at their schedule. They have the Panthers this week. It's an interesting game. I would favor the Patriots in that matchup. I know that Darnold was hurt last week. Um, I know Gilmore is going to be back for that match. He'll have revenge on his mind. Wanted to get a few interceptions off of Mac Jones. Um, and it's in Carolina. So that could be close. The Browns are kind of a mess right now. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots could win that. And they have the Falcons, the Titans, the Bills, the Colts. There's winnable games there. I think they lose the Bills with the Bills being at home in early December. Um, I think they can beat the Titans now. I think they can beat the Colts. So, if they can keep winning ugly, which you and I have talked about, then, yeah, they can be right there in the mix for that wild card spot as well. Yeah, the Patriots' defense is lethal, and, and I thought they were a playoff team. I picked them, actually, uh, to, to win one of the wild cards. That defense is a big reason why. The offensive line is fantastic, formidable, and Mac Jones just, again, taking what the defense is giving them. And, and that defense, by the way, includes Kyle Duggar, a guy who Brandon Bean looked at you know, in, in a couple of drafts ago from Lenore Ryan. He, he, he wanted him. I saw it as, as a good sign, like, oh, Bill Belichick and Brandon Bean are on the same page, you know, trying to maybe go out and get a defensive player who can make a, a difference. Um, let's go around the league a little bit more. Um, in the NFC, we have now Rodgers out with uh, uh, the Corona situation against the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, the NFC kind of turned upside down with the Saints and Simeon beating the Bucks. You got the Cowboys out there. I don't know. I think I still need to see more of them. Maybe three, four weeks from now, we'll really learn who they are. Um, the NFC picture is is absolutely wild right now, Ryan. Um, 
who who's the best team in in that in that conference? Do you think right now? You know that's a great question, and I, I was I would probably I would have said the Green Bay Packers, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them over the the next week or two because Rodgers could end up missing two games out of this whole thing, and I think they're going to end up kicking themselves, or he's going to end up kicking himself for uh, you, you know missing this action because you're going up against the Chiefs team. In mind that the Chiefs did not look good against the Giants. Uh, the Giants had every opportunity to win that game, so maybe Jordan Love can do enough on offense and that the defense of the Packers can create a few turnovers against uh, Kansas City, which has been a trend these past few weeks. But if they drop one or both of those games, well, well then it's going to be hard for them to get back in that picture. It's a strange conference, though, because, you know, the Cardinals, they were the big dogs up until they lost to the Packers. They're 7-1, but Kyler Murray got a little banged up at the end of that game. As long as he keeps taking hits like that, it's going to be a question of whether or not he can finish the season, especially at 100%. Smaller frame quarterback. Um, they already lost J.J. Watt. Now Watt, you know, he was getting pressure. I think he ended up with one sack with them, but he was getting a lot of pressures for them. They obviously still have a lot of talent on that defense side of the ball. Uh, the Cowboys, I'm ready to believe in the Cowboys. I know that every year it's easy to kind of write off the NFC East as that team being a pretender because of the rest of the teams in that division usually being a mess. Um, but as long as Dak is healthy, and that's a big if because he, you know he was dealing with he was out this past game. They were playing careful with him because of a calf injury, he had the shoulder injury last year. Um, but if he can stay healthy, I think that's a legit offense that can go toe to toe with anyone. Now you'd like to see a little bit more from the defense here and there. Um, and, and then Buccaneers, uh, I'll never bet against Tom Brady when it comes to playoff time. And then obviously the Rams. Yeah, so you know maybe. After this Rodgers news, if I were to pick one team from that conference, I'd probably go with the Rams. Matthew Stafford, there's always question marks with him, though, with injuries, back injuries, thumb injuries, you name it. He's experienced a lot during his time in Detroit. Uh, Got a little banged up, I believe, recently with the Rams. But they went all in at the trade deadline. They they made a move for Von Miller. They have Aaron Donald on that defense. They have Jalen Ramsey. The offense is talented. If they can get it all together, that's the team that I would choose in the NFC. Yeah, and, you know, you get Von Miller and, man, the defense and the offense rolling right now. The Cardinals obviously are still right there. I didn't mention those two teams, but goodness gracious, it's packed, man. It's so packed in the NFC. It's it's going to be fascinating to watch the rest of the way. Let's end with two quickies here on the Bills in the final 90 seconds or so. What about injuries for the Bills this weekend? What's the report look like? Well, you know, still up in the air and Spencer Brown. Um, they, Sean McDermott said he thought he might be out there a little bit yesterday, but he was really working off to the side of Dawson Knox. Knox won't be playing in this one. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Brown's out again. Feliciano is going to be out. Um, so there, there's three players right there. So the offensive line is going to be interesting to watch, especially if, if they're missing Brown again. Uh, with Feliciano out, you know, that, that likely means you have uh, Ike Butker at left guard probably opens up the door for Cody Ford at right guard. Um, you keep Williams at right tackle, and then obviously you have more center and Deion Dawkins at left tackle. But even against a Jacksonville Jaguars team, you have to be careful with that, with this makeshift line and how they do. They had over 20 pressures, I believe, against Miami when they played them, so they can get after the quarterback a little bit. So they're going to have to be 
better than they were one week ago. Uh, I thought that they, the offensive line really struggled, especially in one blocking. So that's something to watch. Um, a few other players were on the injury report. Cole Beasley dealing with a rib injury. Took a few shots in that uh, last game against Miami when he called in 11 passes. So that's to be, you know, that's going to happen. I think he'll end up playing, but it's something to watch as this week goes on. I've got, finally, I've got, what's, let's see, 10 games left to go, right? I still, I still haven't wrapped my head around the 17th game. I, I still have to keep repeating it to make sure that I know. Um, but seven games in now. Ten games to go. I I got the Bills at eight and two, uh, the rest of the way. Uh, I don't know where the two losses come from, but I think they'll lose two more. That would put them at thirteen and four. Obviously, if they were to go nine and one the rest of the way, that would be ideal because then you'd basically, I think, lock up home field. Which makes me ask you this question: What will the home field uh, uh, advantage, top seed, top dog in the AFC? What, what what's it going to take record wise to get that in this conference? I think thirteen to fourteen is what you're looking at. Okay. I think you can still get it with thirteen. You're going to need some tiebreakers. I think they can uh, breathe a, a sigh of relief after the Derrick Henry injury because I don't think that the Titans are going to be up there to have that tiebreaker over them. I don't think the Steelers are going to have that tiebreaker. Uh, so if the Bills take care of business and get to that thirteen win threshold and and um, you know, they, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. I think that can be enough to win the one I think 14, you're right, absolutely seals it. Uh, because like I said, it's just a, it's, it's a weird conference compared to the NFC where you have multiple teams at one loss, two losses. Uh, the AFC just seems much more wide open, and there's tougher divisions with the North and the West where you have, you know, three teams in each conference really vying for playoff spots. You could even argue four in the North. Um, so th- th- there's just a lot of parity there. Uh, so I-, I think 13 could actually end up doing it. New York Upstate's Ryan Talbot, co-host of the Buffalo Football Podcast called Shout All Over on Apple and Spotify. Go download, subscribe, and leave feedback and a five-star review for that. At Ryan Talbot Bills on Twitter, doing an amazing job covering the Buffalo Bills. And Ryan, we are not that far away from tip of the season for the Bonnies. I know you're pumped up like me. We're both... Uh, uh, graduates of SBU, so hopefully they can uh, handle the hype and expectations, and I know you'll be at the RC this year. Thanks for doing this. Hey, anytime. And the ML Sports Platter is brought to you by your great friends at Stanley Law Offices, Welch & Company Jewelers, Elevate Fitness Syracuse, and our terrific, terrific friends over at Rosie's Corner. Pizza, pasta, hot and cold subs, and more. If you're in and around Central New York, get on over there today for Fish Friday. Pair it with the mac and cheese, the coleslaw, and the French fries as well. Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And do want to give a quick tip of the cap. Thank you uh, to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the program, as well as our friends at Axe Exotic Pets and Ken's Auto Detailing. We go from one amazing guest to another. He is an incredible play-by-play man for the NFL on CBS and, uh, of course, does uh, terrific work calling uh, Brooklyn Nets games and the like, but we're going to focus on the NFL here, it's Ian Eagle. Bird, welcome back. Yeah, all is well. My pleasure, Mike. Always good to talk to you. NFL gets crazier by the week, doesn't it? I mean, any given Sunday, uh, topsy-turvy, Trevor Simeon, the Saints, they beat the Bucks. You got the <laughs> Bengals down to the Jets, the Bills off to the Titans. They come back, beat the Dolphins. Now they look like they're the front runner. We got the Henry injury. Uh, I'm just going to add it all up to one question. Who's the best team in the NFL? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the $64 million question right now. I 
I like what Arizona has done this year. Give them a lot of credit for emerging as a terrific story. Certainly had a chance to remain undefeated and couldn't get it done on that miscommunication. NFC has got high quality at the top. Obviously, the the Rodgers situation affects Green Bay moving forward. Let's see how Jordan Love handles the pressure of stepping in and taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. You got Dallas. They're fun, fun to watch. Does it translate to the postseason? Does it translate to big games? I still don't know. And then on the AFC side, Buffalo is by far the most well-rounded team. And I think they have a legitimate chance to to be a Super Bowl champion. Uh, But as we know, it, it doesn't come easy. And someone will emerge in the AFC as a threat. Tennessee was in that category. Derrick Henry... The injury now pushes Adrian Peterson into a potential prominent role. You nailed it with with the question. Every week it's something else. I think that's part of the reason why the NFL is king. There's so much intrigue, and you just don't know from week to week. There is that that variable that that can change everything. Injury, circumstance, and the topsy-turvy nature of, of the league. It's It's been a lot of fun already, and... I imagine that there are going to be a bunch of narratives in the second half of the season that are going to dominate the headlines as well. You've been to Buffalo many times. Um, when they're terrible, the fans are still tailgating starting on Thursdays. Uh, yes. When they're when they're great, uh, you know, if 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 the sky were the roof, it, it blew off last year and probably will be replaced and then blown off if they ever win a Super Bowl. So the Bills Mafia fan base. What what separates that group from some of the others? What what makes it such an amazing, unique fan base compared to so many others? Yeah, I just think you feel it as you enter the vicinity of the stadium. And you can't say that about every NFL city. There are a few where it's on the streets and it's in the storefronts and it's rah-rah, but... This one has a different vibe to it. Uh, you you pull up. First of all, it's not easy to get into, as you know, Mike. It's difficult. Even on uh, on game day early, three hours before kick, you got to navigate your way through. You got to know shortcuts. Uh, you got to hope that uh, the police officer that's directing traffic is paying attention to your lane, or you could sit there for seven minutes and not move. So. It's building as you're just trying to get to the stadium. It's coursing through your veins. And that's a rarity. That's usually set up for college. And it's not necessarily NFL feelings. This is. The city is so proud of being associated with the organization. It is provincial in many ways, which... I have no problem with it. That's that's the way it should be. You you should feel as one with the team that you root for. Uh, so I just think there's there's more of a crossover there. And if the team ever does get to the mountaintop, oh, I, I can't even begin <clears throat> to imagine what it would be like. Already, uh, the passion and the engagement level is as high as you can get. Uh, this This would 
go to epic proportions. Yeah, you'd you'd have a hard time finding me, by the way. Just just let <laughs> let's throw that out there for a second. Hey, uh, who do you have this weekend? Uh, this weekend, Chargers playing on the road at Philadelphia. Oh, that's a big game. That's a huge game because Chargers. You know, so many team, so many people anointed the Chargers and the and 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 you know the Bengals as you know, hey, the new kids in in town. It's Burrow. It's yeah. Herbert. It's a new wave. And you know, after one week, we overreact to everything in this league, of course. But then both of them get the door slammed in their faces. Now we come back and say, hey, are the Chargers? Are they contender, pretender? You know, you become more of a contender when you lose that way and come back and win the next week. That's a big game. Yeah, I, I must say, I, I really do believe in Justin Herbert. I believe in his talent. Me too. I believe in his leadership abilities. The The question for them, to me, is the help he needs. Uh, their offensive line is, is not among the better groups in the league, so uh, you've got Herbert sometimes trying to shoulder a little too much. He's only in year two, so we forget this isn't a seven-year veteran. He's seeing things often for the first time, including New England. He saw him last year. They stymied him. He saw him this year. They did it again. Uh, the the stat that, that we had last week, we had New England and the Chargers last week. The stat we had was Herbert was 5-0 and against teams that he had played against and lost to. So the second go-around, 5-0. and and his touchdown to interception ratio was 13 touchdowns, zero picks. That all ended last week. Yeah. He threw two interceptions, one a pick six that basically sealed the deal for New England. Uh, there was no doubt that Bill Belichick had something cooked up for him. It was Belichick going against a rookie head coach. If you look throughout Bill's career, he has dominated against first-year head coaches when they're on the opposite side of the field. So... We might just look at this as a unique situation and the Chargers get their act together against the Philadelphia team that's trying to find itself. The Eagles ran the football effectively last week. They beat up on the Lions. Do they continue with their own first-year head coach, Nick Sirianni, and just completely dedicating to the run? And how much do they allow Jalen Hurts to go out and, and throw the football as a drop-back quarterback? In their wins, it's been pretty obvious. It's been more of Hurts using his legs. And in their losses, when he throws for 300 yards, they don't win. So, you know, we can take stats. We can manipulate them any way you want. Sometimes it's just straightforward. And and this one appears to be the case. Final one for you. Um, You know, Newhouse grad, Syracuse University, so proud of of, of that place. Um, You've got to be just really, really pumped up watching Sean Tucker right now. I mean, this running back, he is, I mean, he's in the upper echelon of single season yards and, and accomplishments and all that. We still have a, a little ways to go here. Uh, and there's been a lot of chirping around central New York. I am about, about pulling down the number 44. Where do you land on 44? Would you give it to him? And what have you seen out of Tucker this year? Yeah, I would. Uh, first of all, Me to too. answer the second question first, I would. Uh, it, it symbolizes greatness, and it means something at the university, and he certainly has represented himself to be put in that category. So, look, it's not for me to say. There are those that wore the uniform, and they might have their own opinions on it, but from the outside looking in, if you're trying to build legacies with Syracuse football, if you're trying to establish certain traditions, to me that's an obvious one. If you're the best player on the team, if you're the guy that dominates at that spot, wear the number. 
wear it proud, continue the legacy. The first part of the question, it's, it's hard not to notice him. Every week he's doing something special. Every week you know it's coming if you're the opposing defense, mm-hmm. and you still can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And as we know, Syracuse's passing game isn't exactly uh, going to uh, remind people of, of years past. Fall is the season of gathering that brings us together with warmth and color. So whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or a special event, celebrate your friends and family with a gorgeous bouquet of roses from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to brighten someone's day with 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99. To get 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mail's here. It's two minutes later than yesterday. And because you know it's six minutes earlier than the day before, you decided it was time to get back to work. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, we're ready to help at every stage of your search. Build a resume, get industry tips and advice, and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Get started now at CareerBuilder.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.